Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Spot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to my show, Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspire people to develop a plan to reach their dreams. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. You can only exceed expectations by believing in yourself. People always talk about purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, leave with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guest is Chef David Rose. You may have seen David in action on many TV cooking shows and national talk shows, including competing on Food Network Star. He is born in New Jersey to both his parents who are chefs. Woo-wee, that's some good eating right there. If it smelled good, looked good, chances are in that house, it was good eating. Chef David Rose is also an Omaha Steaks executive chef, spokesperson, and serves as a national brand ambassador for Nissan USA and Big Green Egg. He's on the show to talk about his new cookbook, Egging. David Rose cooks on the Big Green Egg. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the one and only David Rose. How you doing, sir? <laughs> Good morning, brother. Thanks for having me so much, man. I appreciate it. It is a joy to be here, and I'm excited to dig into it. So thank you again for having me. First of all, thank you for sending your book, uh, Egging, David Rose Cooks yeah. on the Big Green Egg. Let's, let's, let's go and get it out. Let's go and get it out. I'm trying to be honest with all my it. guests, let's okay? I have yeah. the setup. I have the, the Big Green Egg. I have the table <laughs> that comes with it. I got this beautiful cover that goes over it. And that okay. bad boy, I'm set up. That bad boy has been covered for six years. That's a Shane, crying Shane, brother. Okay, I got to I got to put that the, ASAP. So, so having you on the show means that guess what? Mm. It's time for the big unveiling of that. I got to pull <laughs> it off. And your book, tell us how you got involved yes. with this. You know, the big green yeah. eggs. You see the signs. I'm based in Atlanta. 
from you, born and raised in mm-hmm. Houston, Texas. So it's like barbecue capital, smoke capital, where, I, yes. where I've lived all yes. my life, okay? So the yes, big sir. green egg, you cannot avoid the big green egg, okay? So tell us exactly what is the big green egg and what makes it so special, David? All right, so the big green egg has been around for 40 plus years now, back in the 70s. And Ed Fisher, the founder, creator, CEO of Big Green Egg, uh, what he did actually was he was in the military. He was overseas in uh, Japan. And it was based off of the Komodo smoker. It's been around for thousands of years. Uh, clay pot, and essentially, you know, you could smoke and you could do all types of foods, meats, proteins, vegetables on it. So he sent a couple back, shipped them back to the States, and said, this Komodo smoker, this is good but it can be better. It can be great. So what he did then from there is um, he started, you know, kind of fixing them up, enhancing the hardware, making them a little more sturdier and started selling them and branding them as Big Green Egg. But when Big Green Egg really took off is when he started working with NASA and using the same ceramics that NASA space shuttles use. So there's some scientific to it as well, my friend. So it heats up quickly, cools down quickly and retains temperature very evenly. And due to the porous nature of the smoker, you know, for those who aren't quite as technically, you know, savvy with drilling, it really is forgiving because if something's porous, that means it retains moisture as opposed to your stainless steel smokers or grills. And the thing that I love most about the Big Green Egg, what eggheads you call Big Green Egg advocates love so much about it is the versatility of it, where you can do low and slow, Hot and fast, you can cold smoke, you can do uh, steaks, pizzas, ribs, briskets, uh, and egging. What I really love doing is highlighting that versatility. So soups, salads, entrees, desserts, um, you have some breakfast hey, David, items, hey, smoked David, and grilled David, cocktails. Let's slow this down. Let's slow this down, down David. Let's slow this down. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, yeah, this is my show. We can talk okay, slowly. We're going to talk about recipes. <laughs> we ain't got to do a little quick sale on this show. This ain't a quick sale. This is get to know you. So my audience, they know I talk about food okay. creatively now. Because, see, I yes. can, I've, I've been blessed with the skill. I, you know, I've been an uh, award-winning chef. I've gotten that That's honor. Good. I mean, bar, I mean uh, a baker. Congratulations. And I love to cook. Okay. You know, I come from a, a family, a big black family, six sisters, two brothers. Yeah. You know, all the home-cooked okay. meals because we didn't have that much, so everything was cooked. But I didn't learn to, because I had six sisters. My parents, old school, they wouldn't let me in the kitchen. Okay, so I just had to mm. watch all the time. And now until I went to college that I started cooking, I learned how to cook at a Jewish deli. That was my first job out of, in college was really? a Jewish deli. And that's where I learned how to cook matzo balls and all the, you know, one of my favorite all-time meals yeah, is German potato salad, you know. All, all, all that. that, all that. Yes. I learned all that stuff. And so that's why I really got introduced, you know, in the green bean goulash, all that good stuff. I learned how mm-hmm. to do that at the Jewish deli. And so, wow. but the thing about it is that as over the years, you get trapped in your own skill set, what you yeah. do, and not want to innovate or not want to change. And that's what this interview is about, showing people yeah. like, you know, my dad, he grew up on the 55 gum, drum barrel. That's what we drew up with barbecue yeah. on. And so, yeah, yeah. And so what I want to make sure we understand is that the, 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 the big green egg is not about just barbecuing. No. And so that's why I want to slow it down so everybody can understand because it can get thrown into that barbecue club. Yeah. And that, not only 
55 drum barrel, drum barrel, that's what it was. It was there for barbecue and smoking yes. and all that stuff, okay? You couldn't Black fry one. no eggs on there. You you couldn't do none of that. You dropped them links on there. You dropped the ribs <laughs> on there. You dropped the chicken on there. You put your barbecue beans in yeah. the corner, and, brother, you went to work, yeah. and they smoked. Now, the big green yeah. egg, that's not the same conversation, correct? Correct. That is correct. That is correct. And it can be used for barbecue and smoking, but it's more so the versatility of everything you can make inside on your stovetop and your oven, you can make on the big green egg. And that's one of the few grills that can say that it can do that. Right. And so now my, uh, my, my, my senior marketing and activation director, he lives and dies by the big green egg. Boy, mm-hmm. I tell you, he he talks a big I like story. Him already. Yeah, he he talks a big story about the big green egg. And so now me, uh, I want you to I want you to kind of like admonish me for having it locked yeah. down for six years. Tell me, Rashawn, shame on you. This is what you should be doing with that beautiful green egg that's just sitting under your on uh, your in your house, <laughs> covered up. So and why 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 should I? Why should I unveil it now after this book, this beautiful book that I've read called Egging that is specifically Uh, geared to green egg cooking? Yeah, with this book right here, all these recipes were made with the big green egg in mind. Uh, Not to say you can't use the book as well for any other kind of grills or smokers. Yes, sir. But, you know, for me, after talking to you and kind of taking a brief look at your social media, I see that you're a foodie. I see you're a lover of food. And, you know, for you to be a foodie and not use the big green egg (laughs) and have it out there collecting dust and pollen, you're doing yourself a disservice. But I'm just going to say that (laughs) real quick. But this book just really highlights everything from baking to smoking, vegetables, literally everything on the big green egg. And you love baking. A really great thing with the big green egg is that little smoke kind of hint of smokiness adds up kind of a deepened layer to the cake. So that German chocolate cake, that wow. sheet cake, that smoker, that grill, that big green egg is going to kind of bring it from a, a good cake. It's good right now. It's right, fire. Right. But it could be fire, fire. And wow. two fires is better than one fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's 911. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. In, in the kitchen. Without the fire good. extinguisher. You have the word smoking and then you have, you know, then you have, then you fire. What is, how do you, when do you use smoke and when do you use fire mm-hmm in the process of preparing meals. Okay. Yeah. So as far as we use smoke, you can do cold smoke, like, you know, for salmon, seafoods, things of that nature to kind of, you know, where you want a, a, a low and slow smoke and you don't want the smoke to overpower it. Right. Uh, smoking also comes into play with your briskets, your ribs, uh, you can smoke chicken, you know, things of that nature. Or if anything you want to smoke, you can add smoke to it. But right. when you have direct fire, which is direct grilling and indirect grilling, which is smoking, direct grilling is more of your high and fast, like your steaks, right. your chops, your mm-hmm. kebabs, stuff of that nature, where you want that direct heat, the flames, to kind of kiss it, just subtly kiss it, and just get that nice char, that nice grill, that nice brown. Because color, that brown, that's flavor, brother, and that's what you want. Now, that's a, since you brought up steak, let's slide right on over. Yeah. Omaha Steak, let's slide executive on chef, spokesperson. Yes, now, I did... Now, I've, I've eaten steaks many times, David, in restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and early on, I used to just drive people crazy by saying the word, well done, to get the ugly look. Well done. Uh-oh. Why did you come in here? Why, 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 <laughs> you, why are you wasting our time burning up a good piece of meat? Okay. So now just I'm get a, a burger, guy. call it a day. I'm a medium guy. I'm a medium, <laughs> a medium guy. 
and uh, and I understand the value of what they were trying to teach me, but I was sticking yes. to my guns at an early age. Now, yeah. On the what? Uh, how do you prepare a steak for mm-hmm. for for the big green egg? And how do you yeah. sear it? I hear words like sear. I hear words like two minutes on this side, two minutes on the other side. Talk to us about the whole preparation since you are represented Omaha Steaks. Talk to us with the magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, essentially. So first off, you want to kind of know just the basics of the composition and DNA, so to speak, of a steak, what a steak is. You know, so a steak is essentially, you know, it's cut from different primal cuts of the steak and it's sliced into, you know, the muscle. So essentially the steak is the muscle. And then the white that's in between the muscle, that's the uh, intermuscular fat. And that's the good fat. That's the fat that melts inside of the steak, gives it that nice juiciness and mouth-watering mouthfeel, which we all love and look for in steak. So a couple first things before you even get that steak on the grill in that cast iron pan, um, a lot of core mistakes people make is you want to bring that steak to room temperature because you got to remember a cold steak is essentially a cold muscle. And what cold muscles do is uh, they take a while to, you know, to warm up and they remain tense. Right. And if you want to go ahead and put that steak on the grill cold, it's going to have inconsistencies and it's not going to get that nice char and cook to that perfect temperature you want. So always put the steak out for at least 25 to 30 minutes when it comes to room temperature. Second, steaks take seasoning very well. Salt, pepper that is a great basis right there Uh, a lot of times you know with omaha steaks the quality of the steak is so great it just needs salt and pepper but feel free to add make your own rubs your own seasonings get crazy get creative do your thing now when it comes to the grilling process there's a couple different ways to grill and cook up your steak you could do direct grilling where from start to finish you finish it and you start it and finish it on direct heat that's over the flames. That's one way. I'd recommend those for your thinner cuts of meats, uh, like your flanks, your skirts, or essentially something like that for a nice medium or a medium. You're doing three to four minutes on each size. But now you have your bad mamajamas, like your porterhouse. You Woo! have your ribeyes. You have your tomahawk bone-in chops. Those right there, you kind of want to approach those differently because you want to have that fat rendered down and get nice and chewy and, you know, just kind of get really, really nice that desired temperature to what you want. Because the last thing you want to do is cook a steak and you have grizzly hard fat. That's not pleasant. Nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. So for what I recommend with that particular process right there is I uh, consider that with the uh, reverse searing process. So what you do is you start out indirect. So that plate setter that comes in there, you have that in there. You do that 250, 250 low and slow, and you let that come about 10 degrees below your desired temperature. So you said you're a medium, man. Medium is 145. So you let that steak go till it reaches 135. You take the steak off, you remove that plate setter, you crank it up to direct heat, direct flames, about 5 to 550. Essentially, at that point, the steak is already at that temperature that you want, but 10 degrees shy. So right. by you getting that hard, fast sear on there, it's going to raise five degrees, five to eight degrees. Then you want to always let your steak rest. By letting your steak rest, you're letting it chill out. You don't cut into it. You don't touch it. You don't eat it. It's going to allow those juices to redistribute right. and stay inside the steak where it belongs. Because right. the last thing you want to do is to cut into any roast, any um, large turkey or chicken or poultry or steak because it's going to lose all the juices. Press. I'm done, brother. 
perfect 145 medium every single time. Let me repeat that one more time. You said the one thing you don't want to do is cut into because yeah. you broke up a little bit. I want to make sure we get that. That was yeah. really important you was talking about. Because yeah. me, I'm a guy who wants oh, yeah. his steak to be warm. When I cut into I mm -hmm. see smoke. You don't want to do that, right? Well, what you can do actually if you're, if you're sitting at home yes, and sir. you're dining at home, you definitely want to let it rest. Even in steak restaurants, they let it rest as well. Right. They're keeping it warm. Mm -hmm. But a, yeah, but a lot of times, you know, especially if you're making a lot of steaks or a roast, you want to always let it rest because that's going to allow the juices to stay in there inside of the meat where it belongs. Okay, cool. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Chef David Rose, I'm talking to him, one of the great stars in TV, great personality. You've seen him on national talk shows, Good Morning America, all these type of shows, all the, all the Food Channel type shows, former Food Network star. Well, guess what? He is a Food Network star. You don't lose something that you're great about, okay? <laughs> Just like I, I will always have a degree in math, okay? Now let's talk about, before yes, I get into the book again, let's talk about your, your, your food training, your culinary history. Mm. How did we, I know both your parents were chef. Was, was that a natural path for you, or did you have another journey you wanted to play? Was it sports, and you went back to chef, being a chef as a career opportunity? Talk about that, and then we're going to get back to the egging, the, the book about uh, cooking on the Victorine egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. We have a lot of parallels as far as, you know, you come a big, a big family. I come from a big family. I'm one of eight. I'm the baby. And my mom was 13, dad's one of 10. Huge, huge Jamaican family. <laughs> Literally everybody was born in Jamaica except for me. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, mom was a chef, dad was a chef. But everybody in my family, even though they weren't classically trained or it was their career, everybody could burn. Everybody can cook. Everybody can cook their tail off. So just always being around that. Some of my fondest memories were about great food. So I've always been in hospitality. Well, my first job, I was 13 years old. I was a room service attendant for the Radisson Hotel in Inglewood, New Jersey. And from there, I served, I bartended, I barbacked, uh, literally every position in front of the house. I moved down to Atlanta. I'm bartending at the time when I was 21, back in 03. And from there, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's my next step? What's my next move? And I see a commercial, and the commercial says, as clear as day, Le Cordon Bleu, realize your culinary dream. <laughs> and you know what? Something just kind of snapped. Something just kind of registered in my head. I said, you know what? I love to cook. I've always cooked. I've done everything in hospitality. Um, let's give this a try. Right. So I went, I visited the campus, and, you know, like in the cartoons, those old school Looney Tunes cartoons where the light bulb goes off, right. it was a light bulb moment where I looked at the itinerary, looked at the syllabus, took a tour, and I just knew that's where I was meant to be. And prior to that, you know, the word scholar and David Rose were seldom, I'm lying, not seldom, never used right. in the same <laughs> sentence. But I graduated top of my class, summa cum laude. And then from there, the trajectory just was fast, quick, and in a hurry, and haven't been looking back since. Now, well, first of all, man, academia has been a, a good to you. You, plus yes. a matching personality, because when you're on TV, personality plays a role. And also simplicity, you know, you mm -hmm. know, because the thing about I think the, the major thing I've enjoyed about seeing the evolution of 
TV cooking or TV uh, preparation is that it doesn't look difficult anymore because a lot of everyday people are doing it on social media, YouTube, TikTok, and all that. Your book, your recipes are very simple. You know, I don't get caught up into the, you know, the teaspoon and the quarter cup and all that can really just bog you down and go, that looks more like science than cooking. Tell us how the whole <laughs> process you went about, not so much dumbing this down to the everyday person like me, but putting together a fun mm-hmm. cookbook that you yeah. call Egging. Yeah, for sure. You know, Egging, you know, big green egg, Egging, you know, it's kind of the informal word you use when you're using the big green egg. So I wanted to make it a casual, smooth approach. When you look at a book called Egging, it looks fun, it looks exciting. And it draws you in immediately just based off the title. And I wanted a very approachable title. That was very important for me. And, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by cooking and intimidated by grilling because the last thing you want to do is buy these big old steaks, spend over $300 in ribs and brisket and be that person at the cookout. Mm -hmm. Everybody looking at you, he messed up the ribs, he messed up the brisket. (laughs) Nobody wants that. But I think... This book right here, this book is the playbook, the quintessential playbook for everything grilling, especially with Big Green Eggs, how to light it, how to keep the temperature, cooking temperatures, cooking doneness, grill maintenance, where if you have never used a Big Green Egg, never heard the word Big Green Egg in your entire life, and you see this book, you read this book, I guarantee by the time you are done reading it, you're a self-sufficient and you can be a grill aficionado and have the knowledge to know what you can make because the preparations, the sauces, the marinades, just because it's for chicken, you can easily take that and apply that to fish or steak. And the great thing about cooking is this right here is the blueprint. You take this blueprint, you make it yours, you add your own flavors, your own twist, and just, you know, put your, put your signature on that. And that's cool. the great thing about cooking. Big endless, egg. Op- endless options, endless opportunities for your flair. Yes, I'm speaking interviewing Chef David Rose, his book, Egging, David Rose Cooks on the Big Green Egg. Um, my uh, my fans always want to know what, what I like about the book, what recipes stood out. I'm from the South, everybody. Mm. You know that. Houston, Texas, born and bred in the inner city. So that means that I've had experiences for a certain type of meal all my life. In this book, mm-hmm. he talks about making oxtails on the big green egg. Now, you know, that's the first, I had to, you know, I had to bring that up on the show, David. Oxtails on the big green egg. If that ain't a Southern delicacy, if that don't make black people go, hmm, let's see if it falls off the bone. Let's let's see when you, when you put it in your mouth, do you just suck all the meat off? Is that the type of uh, 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 oxtail we getting off the big green egg, sir? If they ain't, you want to have, have a little bit of integrity to where it's still on the bone. It's not disintegrating, but when there you, you touch go. it, that's when it falls apart there you go. in your mouth. That's <laughs> the secret right there. Because you want to have, you know, oxtails, not pulled oxtails. Yes, meat, yes, yes. You know? Yes, yes. So it, it's delicious. It's great. And, you know, uh, Jamaicans love oxtail as well. So we share that very, you know, very, you know, similar uh, situation as well, you know, where essentially it came out of necessity as being, you know, slaves and not getting the the prime cuts. And just us being the culinary magicians that Black people are, the culture, we take anything, you know, from the the pig foot to the uh, the tripe, the liver, and make it delicious and make it sing. And Oxtail is no different to where now mainstream restaurants are now carrying it. Oxtails, which used to be cheap, 
I still can spank him now. <laughs> and I, I really think that's a credit to us. I'm, well, I'm just telling you right now, you know that we're cheap because black people were eating it. You know what I'm saying? We had the we had a yeah. budget and we ate it within our budget. And now if yeah. it was expensive yeah. way back when I was growing up, I'd never known yeah, about oxtail. Exactly. And you know, exactly. you know, you 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 Jamaican. So you know yeah. over in Jamaica, oxtail, if you can't make oxtails over there, they'd probably run you off the island. Okay? <laughs> so you know it had to that, be cheap over there. That far right there. Uh, that so far now, right there. Now, yes, it, sir. Everybody know, come on now, David Rose. Yeah. Everybody yeah. know I love desserts. Okay? Now, I do a great Patty LaBelle pecan pie. You know, I go to a book. That's my girl. I support her. Yeah. I always support everybody's brand. So, Patty LaBelle, yeah. that's the recipe I do with pecan pie. Now, you got a yes. bourbon ginger pecan yes, pie sir. that you do yes. on the big green egg. Talk to mm -hmm. us about that, brother. Mm -hmm. All right. So, everybody in the South, they have their own recipe for pecan pie. So, what I want to do is make my own recipe, you know, to kind of, you know, really honor the Southern pecan pie. Because my first experience having pecan pie Everyone's in the South, so I got to pay homage to the South. But you got to make it different. So what goes good at the smokiness? Bourbon, because bourbon is smoked, bourbon is aged, and ginger, because Jamaican, we put ginger in everything. And brother, one of the best recipes you will ever taste. Forget smack your mama. You're going to smack yourself. It's so good. There you go. <laughs> well, my, one of my clients is a Chef uh, Liz Rogers. She owns, she distributes yeah. ice cream called Creamalicious. That's her brand. Yeah. And she has yeah. Slap Your Mama. It's one of our ice cream yes. brands. So if you got mm. a pecan pie that make you want to slap somebody, she got an ice cream uh. that want to slap somebody, you know I got to put our ice cream on top of your pecan pie. So I can just start slapping everybody. <laughs> everybody going to get slapped. Watch out. Watch out. Everybody going to get slapped. Face. In the Protect face, brother. Face. Get away from me. Uh. Well, brother, I tell you, we're talking to the chef David Rose, his incredible book, Egging. Uh, David Rose cooks on the Big Green Egg. But not only that, he's a, he's an ambassador for Omaha Steaks as well as Nissan USA. But again, my friend, being on my show, talking about a book, you know, I got to send you photos of the unveiling. That means I got to yes. look at your book, post it, say you've, you've gotten it out of storage, you know, before <laughs> the summer goes out. But more importantly, the what I wanted to get clarity on that you've given the people who are listening and watching this interview is that the Big Green Egg is more than just a barbecue pit or a smoker for meats. Yeah. You can use it as an extension for your oven kick, cooking and your stovetop cooking, correct? Yes, sir. It is the ultimate cooking experience. Cool. Again, thank you for coming to my show, Chef David Rhodes. Hope you enjoyed it, man. I had a great time, man. Feel free to invite me back anytime. This is the way to get a day started. Much better than coffee. Thank you. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. This week, I sat down with actress, writer, director, and activist on the Showtime series The Shy, Yolanda Ross. She explains how acting on every opportunity you get can lead you to discovering your talents. How did you decide to become an actress? It wasn't a decision. I feel like I was led to it. I was working in the fashion business and this girl that I worked with used to do background work for wow. SNL. Uh -huh. Anytime you got an opportunity <laughs> to make a little bit of money, right. hey, why not? So they let me, and then they kept hiring me. So I got my union card, I got an agent, and then my first audition was um, New York Undercover. 
that was what really made me feel something. If you want to listen to this full interview with Yolanda Ross, it's available on MoneyMakingConversation.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My guest is Warren Campbell. He's a music visionary, executive, and leading producer of R&B, gospel, and hip-hop music. Campbell's ability to create chart-topping hits across a multitude of genres has made him critically acclaimed as one of the most prolific record producers of our time. He's on the show to discuss his company, Block Inc., an independent record label founded by the Grammy Award-winning producer, being featured on TV One, Unsung, the Hitmakers episode. Warren is dropping a clothing line called Ernest Paul, balancing his tenure as the pastor of California Worship Center in North Hollywood, being a proud father, daughter going to Spelman. He has he has three kids total and being married to Everett Campbell for over 20 years. We got a lot to talk about. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the one and only Warren Campbell. How you doing, sir? Did I get it all in? Did I get it all in? <laughs> wow, man. That's, that was the intro. You brought me out, man. That was crazy. <laughs> I told you, I told you before we got last thing. We got a lot to talk about, man, man. But it's all yeah. good. For first, I'm a, first I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you with your daughter and Spellman because I've been showing video after video of Angelina Jolie. Her daughter enrolled in Spellman. She down there doing the electric slide. Now, where were you? Where were you yeah. at? Where were you at, Warren? She down there electric slide. Oh. Where were you at? I, I was watching. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> love it, man. I love it, brother. Talk about your daughter, man, down here in Atlanta, enrolling in a, a prestigious HBCU school and what it means to, first of all, I got a daughter, so I know there's, there's separation fear, worry constantly, the letting go and trust in life. Let's talk about that yeah. for a minute there, sir. <laughs> Well, you know, this is the first person that made me a father. This is my my mm-hmm. my, my big girl, my mm-hmm. oldest, and we're very close. And so, uh, instead of just sending her down there, I drove, man. Okay, great. I, 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 I drove from Los Angeles mm-hmm. all the way to Georgia. Awesome. I said the, it started out with just me and her because I said, you know what? Before I let her go, I want some father daughter time. I want. A week to really, you know, talk to her for real. Right. Mm-hmm. For real on these boys uh, next door over at, at Clark and, and Morehouse. In house, and all yes, that. sir. But somewhere along the way, my wife jumped in and said, nah, you ain't going by yourself. I'm coming too. And then my, <laughs> other, my other two kids wanted to come. So we, we took a family road trip, man. It was beautiful. Uh, bonding at last. We were on the road for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and we had to we had to let her go. Uh-huh. We had to let her go. And she's 17 years old, man. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we just, Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It was emotional. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not been away from me for more than two weeks before ever, you know, going mm-hmm. to camp and things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had to, to rely on uh, the training that I, that I instilled in her. You know, right. uh, if you train up a child in the way that it, he or, she, he or she should go mm-hmm. when they're old, they won't depart. Don't mean they won't depart at all. It just means that when they get old and they start grappling and wrestling with life, they're going to revert back to the teaching right. that they that they learn. So I'm just trusting that. I'm trusting that we uh, um, we deposited enough in her mm-hmm. uh, that she can use when she's, you know, faced with tough life choices and that we're not there for. Her. And, you know, right. and. And and the thing is, I, I feel good because she called me yesterday. I was waiting. She hadn't called me, man. It's been I'm like it's almost a week. <laughs> right, 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 right. I know she that. She finally she finally called me yesterday. I said, "Oh man, I felt good." <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter. I said, "Come on now, don't, don't forget now." You know, you know, and right. just watching them grow up because uh, it you know because you have the media out there. You see the news. You see the violence. You see the the unexpected. You know, you see the victim of being a, a people of color. All these different things come into play. Because of the fact that, you know, you protected this young child through elementary school. You know, first of all, let's go back to the birth. It's a miracle to have a healthy child. Everybody should know that. That's a blessing. And then to let them go out there into a world this many miles from you. That's a courageous move on your part, Warren. I'm going to just tell you right now, brother. That's courageous. No, it it was, it was, you know, it was a God thing, man. She, um, She wanted to get into a certain school and she didn't get into that school. Mm-hmm. And and I felt I felt like as a as a father, yes sir, I felt like a failure because I said, you know what, I should have had her apply to more schools. But because we're all in our family, we're all very creative thinkers. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily a family full of you know um, educated you know uh, people in terms of nobody went to college. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I started doing this what I do now since I started at thirteen years old. <laughs> right, right. You know I mean? So I, I wasn't even thinking about college. I went, by the time I graduated high school. I was already making a lot of money in the music business. Yes, sir. So mm-hmm. um, I thought my daughter, she's a very creative person, amazing singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. performer. And I just thought, you know what? She don't have to go to college. She's going, you know, she's going to go her own path. And then a lady came and uh, knocking saying, listen, she was an alumni from um, from Spelman. Yes, sir. By the name of Dr. Mary Gaffney. I will never forget Dr. Mary Gaffney. She called us and said, I have been mandated to get Krista Campbell into Spelman. And we, <laughs> a lady we never met before. Mm-hmm. Right. She said, we need you to bring Krista, fly down to Spelman on this date, and when she leaves, she'll have an, accept- an acceptance letter. We mm-hmm. went down there, Krista toured the campus, and and I'd never seen her excited about school like that. She said, Dad, I want to go here. Wow. She was serious. I've been on that campus. I said, well, okay. And so we waited, and they sent her a letter and said she was accepted. And it's like... God opened that door. That had nothing to do with us. And I said, mm-hmm. now, we, we we received grace for that because I felt like, you know, we, we didn't get her there, but God helped us. And so for these last two kids, right? we, we ain't going to do that this time. I'm going to make sure that we do everything that we need to do to make sure they, they, they get 
to where they need to go. But you know, you've been a guy, like you said, since 13, you've been in the music business. And when I yeah. throw out the word R&B, gospel, I throw out hip hop, all of them are really have their own dominant force, their dominant sound, their dominant role. Yeah. You know, you can say that, you know, that hip hop kind of pulls from R&B, but that gospel genre, you know, feeds to the R&B, the secular sound and all that. How do you in your mind, Warren, disseminate the difference? Is it the lyrics or is the beat? For me, it's the lyrics. Gospel, by definition, is the good news. Right, it is. The news comes in form of words, mm-hmm. not sounds and melody. So, uh, yeah, there was, uh, at the inception of gospel music, a sound, that's only because that was the sound of that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't think it was meant to carry on forever or not evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's traces of all kinds of things uh, in, in gospel music. Now, why? Because gospel is the ancestor yes. for all music. Yes. Everything starts there, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, out of the cotton fields, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we created this sound. And jazz springs from it. So does blues. So does rock. And now hip-hop is just the gumbo that stirs it all together. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take, you know, just like when we were given the scraps to eat as slaves. Right. You know, we took that and made, you know, soul food, which is now the most, one of the most popular cuisines in the world. <laughs> right. It's a cuisine now. It's a cuisine now. It's a cuisine. Hip-hop is the most dominant genre in the world. And what we did was we did this just like soul food. We took the scraps, a little piece of this record, a little piece of that, and we turned it into other things and we created hip-hop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. And that's because really you are, you are born through hip-hop, I would have to say. Yeah, you know, do hip hop yeah. now, and the reason I bring that up because the fact that you you're a pastor now, and yeah. not saying that you know hip hop you can't be a pastor in hip hop, but these yeah. there's so many different styles of hip hop that you that you walk into. There's languages that you walk into. What mm-hmm. defines you as a person? I want to say, Warren. I, I you know people will say you're a Christian, but that's that's a you know that's a word I, I seldom use because. More than anything, I'm a believer. Right. Because you got to think about, was Jesus a Christian? No, he was Jesus. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But I believe in Jesus. I'm a believer in in the word of God, and I follow that. I live my life by that, right? And uh, if you do that, that means you got to read that and understand what it is. Most people just join churches and follow some guy that don't really know the Bible. And so they have all these rules and things they live by. I, I, I grew up in a house where my father was my pastor. But he's also my father, and he was a very learned guy. You know, he was educated. Mm-hmm. He let me know early when I was trying to impress my father by saying, Dad, you know what? I'm never going to do any secular music. He mm-hmm. said, listen, man, sit down for a minute. Let me talk to you. <laughs> he said, I was 15 years old. He said, I see you started making money at this. He said, music is your passion. Guess what? Music is your, your job. Right. Music is your career. Right. Right. Music is your occupation. Right. So now what you have now is a, 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 a crossroads, right? Mm-hmm. You got your occupation and you got your salvation. Mm-hmm. Now you have to have you have to walk a balance because you cannot let your occupation walk all over your salvation. You got to have a standard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my, my father sent me out while other church members were saying he shouldn't be doing second music because the church is very unfair right. to musicians 
You can only do gospel music if you don't. If you do anything other than gospel music, then you're going to hell. But right. we don't. We don't say to the to the Christian uh, doctors, you better only work on you know Christian patients. Or right. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're a dentist, you better only work on Christian teeth. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> my dad, my dad was like, "No, man, go out there and do the music you love. Mm-hmm. Just have a standard." Right. I love so that. I, just, I love yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I knew that the the, the roadblocks and the and the naysayers. Because that's why I always talk about gifts. You know, don't let your friends, family, uh, your coworkers stop you from planning and living your dreams. Because so many people will interfere and and try to tell you and yeah. try to will their their values on you. And that's important to be able to. And so your father played a major role in keeping you focused. Really, and it's really their fears. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're. they're my, my mother was 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 she was a big supporter mm-hmm. when it came time to me going to college or going on the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had three choices of schools I was going to go to. Their big music schools, Berkeley School of Music, mm-hmm. uh, Columbia University and Cal Arts here in uh, California. Mm-hmm. My dad said, well, listen, you had this opportunity. There was a tour going out in 1994, January. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had just graduated high school in 93. And I got this opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And to, to play on the road with Brandy, and we're going out with Boys to Men and Babyface. Right. And I'm going to make all now. this money. Let's, let's slow that down now, see, Brandy, when Brandy was straight fire, okay? Boys to Men, straight uh, yeah. fire, okay? And Babyface wrote everybody's song, okay? Everybody's song. You just so, graduated from high school man. going out with them folks. And everybody, every city we went to, Every black person in the town was at that show. Right, you know, right. Mm-hmm. We were doing big arenas, and um, my father sat me down and said, "Listen, you, you can go to school to learn, or you know, they can teach you what you're getting ready to go out and get paid to do." Right. He said, mm-hmm. "He said it doesn't make sense. I think you should do it. School is gonna be here. This opportunity may not be." Mm-hmm. So my mother, because of her fear, was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was like, it's not going to work. You got to get education. Mm-hmm. But that was just, it's not that she didn't love me. That was just her fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, other people's fear, you know, you can't live. I couldn't live my life through her fear and other people around me that were saying, you probably, mm-hmm. man, that's a, that's, a, that's a mistake. You got all these schools you can go to. Mm-hmm. So I jumped out there and never looked back, man. And, and, and I met so many people and it was the catalyst. Uh, for what I do now, man. And I, a lot of those relationships I still hold today. Absolutely. You know, the beauty of this conversation, and I like to say conversation I'm having with you, Warren, I'm speaking to Warren, a true hit maker. He's going to be featured on the Unsung series, an episode called Hit Makers. When you, yeah. when you are being recognized and you, you got Grammys, you got awards and, you know, and, and sometimes you don't appreciate it. I know that, you know, it's really crazy when you get, sometimes you get an award, you, you humbly take it, but you don't realize how unique that award is. Because yeah. I know on this show, because I get a lot of people use nominated. You know, I nominated for an Oscar, nominated for a Grammy. So doing this show, I've learned to appreciate my little Emmys, okay? Yeah. Because I got it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, yeah. because so many people don't have it, but they're using credits to say they were at least recognized. At least nominated, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So talk about that. I I realize, man, it, it never gets old. I, I was with the, uh, because you, you have to make a conscious decision uh, and be intentional about appreciating those things. I was one time, I was with uh, a, a well-known producer. I'm not, I'm not gonna say his name. Right, this right. guy has twenty Grammys, and right. I was mm-hmm. in the studio with him, 
And at this time, I had two Grammys. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was in the studio visiting this guy, and we were watching TV. We were watching the Grammys on TV. Right. And he won Producer of the Year <laughs> while we're sitting there watching it. And his response was like this. I said, man, I'm going nuts. Oh, my God. He's sitting there like this going, oh, man. I said to myself, I ain't never going to be like that. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no mm -mm. I appreciate Every award I, I've, I've won, you know, you have your Grammy statues and you have your Grammy plaques. Right. Uh, between all of those put together, I might have about 17 of those things, man. But in, in terms of statues, I have five or six statues, right. Grammy, you know, awards. Mm -hmm. and, and it's never, I just won last year, this past Grammys for uh, Best Rap Song. Right. Uh, with with uh, Kanye featuring um, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, it was it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> it is, it is. That's like I said, you know, I didn't really get it till I started doing my show, and I just kept seeing people say nominated, nominated, nominated. And I went, wow. It's a small margin. People trying to make it. Millions didn't make it, but I was one of the ones who did. We'll be right back with more money making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You know, TV One Unsung, when they reached out to you and talked about wanting to recognize you and t tell a part of your story, because you're really a documentary, you know, that's another conversation, you know, 13 <laughs> years old. You know, you mess with the wrong person, Warren. I'm the type of guy, I'll be knocking on your door like that lady from Spell, but uh, excuse me, Mr. Campbell. I'm out here to see you, Erica. I'm here to see Big Dog here. <laughs> We want to do a documentary on him. Tell his story. Do a movie. You know, they can do Marvin Sapp movie. They darn sure can do the Warren Campbell movie. Hey, hey, this is one, of the, one of these days, we got to do it, too. <laughs> Love it. So on the Hitmaker, what, what, what did you want to say? Or why did you actually do that, that particular episode? One, because, you know, I thought it was a, a huge opportunity. The first, the first thing I did was I was a little trepidatious. Because when you think about the show... Unsung, right? Uh, you think about guys that who are you know older and who are at the end of their career and and they do unsung to talk about. It. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm I'm right in the middle of this thing. I ain't, I ain't old yet, man. Let me, think. you know, and and for that reason, I have not let a lot of my artists do it because I'm like, no, we still in our prime. But right. no, they said no. This is unsung presents the hit makers. It's not they just don't. you know, it's not that. So I said, okay, let's 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 do it. And man, it was it was quite a, a, an amazing thing. To go back, we went back to the church that I was born in. <laughs> and, you know, and I walked that block. We went back to my 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 neighborhood where I grew up in, which mm -hmm. is the reason why I called my label My Block Inc. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it stems from that block, you know, uh, being, growing up on that block in South Central L.A., 52nd mm -hmm. and North. Mm -hmm. And um, in that we, we talked to, about so many different things that I never thought about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you do... Your job, mm -hmm. you know. What I'm saying? I don't talk about my job. I just do it. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. Nobody asks me questions at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, like, who'd you work with? That nobody. I just do it, and I wake up in the morning. I do it again. I do it again. And you and you look back. It's been you know since I started this thing. It's been over twenty years. Absolutely. And I'm going really like somebody's been chronicling mm -hmm. all these things. Yes. And it, it was it was a very emotional. Thing, and I felt honored and blessed just looking back and saying, like, I'm at an age now where I can still do the exact same thing I did, but this time. 
Right. I'm at that age. I'm in that middle of my 40s where, you know, um, I'm old enough. Uh, I'm, I'm young enough to still do it, but I'm old enough to know better to do it a better way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and, I, and I love where I'm at with it. And that, that show just helped me like realize all of that. It ain't over. I got a whole another second half to, to, to do. Oh, absolutely. Like the late age is never an excuse. I'm talking to Warren Campbell, a visionary music. Uh, see, he's one of these people, you know, I teased him with that opening because he wanted people to go, Warren doing that too? We not say that he got a clothing line, y'all. Okay, now see, see people out there mad. They're happy, but they're mad. You know what I'm saying? He doing that too? Oh, heck no. Come on now. What else you gonna do? Cook? You gonna start a restaurant? Hot dog stand? What you gonna do next, Warren? You're preaching. You're, you're saving souls. You're putting kids in college. You got a beautiful wife. She got a national syndicated show. You got Grammys. You got statues. You got plaques. You've been doing this since you was, came out of high school. Now you got a clothing line? Come on now. Stop the madness. Tell us about Ernest Paul. <laughs> Ernest Paul. Ernest Paul is, is, uh, Ernest Paul Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. My, my grandfather. Love it. So um, one of the reasons why you know me today is because of this man, my grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's a lamb on the shirt because people are like, you know, you get a little deep with it. So, is that for the lamb of God? I said it could be. It's really because my grandfather, every first Sunday of the month, he cooked, he cooked lamb. Wow. Lamb chop. Mm. My grandfather, he was an amazing cook. And we had family dinner at his home every first Sunday. And he mm-hmm. would... I mean, this spread was amazing. It looked like, remember that movie Soul Food? Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. That was my granddad, mm-hmm. every first Sunday. So the, the story is, I, I'll tell it to you succinctly. My grandfather, you could appreciate this, Rashawn, mm-hmm. was set to be the Jackie Robinson of radio. Wow. Wow. In the, in the 30s or 40s, mm-hmm. um, he was set to be the first black on-air personality at NBC Radio. Wow. So he goes in, he gets the job. Mm-hmm. He reads the news, the sports, and the weather. He has this amazing voice, right? Mm-hmm. This is in New York. After he gets off the air, uh, you know, he, he's, I mean, excited, you mm-hmm. know, and two white men walk up to him who are also on their personalities. Uh, while he's outside, he said, hey, good job today. And they tell him his mother, Daisy Campbell's address in the Bronx. He says, listen, good job today, but uh, too bad it's your last day. Mm. Because if you come back here tomorrow, we're going to show up to so-and-so address and Daisy Campbell, we're going to kill her and we're going to burn the house down. Wow. And, and he said to me, that was during the time that when a white person told you something like that, you believe him. You better believe it now. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But especially in the 40s. Yes, know, sir. Mm-hmm. He said, so he never went back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so his dreams just got crashed. And he, right. became, he became a bus driver from New York City Transit, mm-hmm. drove buses for 30, 40 years, you know. And, and so this is my father's father. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, he would drill into my dad, don't you ever. Let nobody tell you what you can't do. Wow. Every day, every day. And when I was born, uh, my grandfather, when he got older, he came to L.A. Mm -hmm. to live with us. And Mm -hmm. so I was raised in the house with my father and my grandfather. Right. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And he would drill it into me, him and my dad. Don't you ever. 
Mm-hmm. Let anybody tell you what you can't do. And that's why I have a problem to this day. If you want to see me turn into a maniac, right? let me have an idea of something <laughs> I want to do. And you tell me I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll break my neck and yours trying to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. The same yeah. way. And so same this way. was some, this was a started as a tribute to him. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, I was good at designing this stuff, all the pieces that we were making. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I realized uh, bigger guys, because um, I'm not I'm not a small guy. I, I weigh 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have fly clothes, casual clothes. You, I go to the store and uh, me and my wife went to Paris mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we was going to shop. I couldn't buy nothing. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make some fly gear for guys my size. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't go past 4X. I wear 2X, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. even try to, try to find the 2X in the store. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm, I'm going up to 5X. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting ready to uh, go past 5X because I don't want to feed into your obesity too much. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make some clothes for the bigger guys. And that's how this started. And I named it after my grandfather, who was a big guy as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's where that came from. So we we started, we have a whole line. Right now you see the T-shirts and the hoodies. Those are just promotional items that we're selling for a year. And then the actual clothing line will come out right. two years with all the, the really cool stuff that we already had planned. Well, you know, uh, some, I got a client, you know, big, he's big size. He has a... He's uh, his name Jeff Jenkins. He, we shoot we shoot the okay. series right now on Nat Geo. He goes around the world, and it does things that you know challenges his fears. And okay. that outfit, Ernest Paul, man, we I'm gonna get his size. If you don't mind, send us some stuff, and I'm gonna have yeah. him wear it on the on the show. Put it on social media because his name is Jeff Jenkins. His his, his, his social media is called Chubby Diaries, and he's a oh, he's a renowned nice. traveler. He goes around food. Travel and that geo, he's in fact he's right now taping. He's just left New Zealand, and he's taping his second episode to this this week. He's in uh, Alabama taping his second episode this week, and uh, like I said, we're gonna tape ten episodes the first season. What you're talking about is somebody I love for him to, you know, just yeah. give you extra promotion on TV, showing it to the world. Your clothing line, tell, so that's the deal. Jeff, we got we got tell brother Jeff we got him, and I would appreciate that because any any promotion right now. We I just seen. Uh, Last week, Bill Bellamy had a T-shirt on. He was on on uh, Instagram. I said, "Oh man, I didn't because I don't know Bill, but the lady that I, that's my partner, right, right, right. Her name is O'Kira. Uh, she has her own clothing line as well. She gave him some stuff, and he started rocking. I said, "Man, this is amazing to well, see." Right. You know, well, that Bill, Bill by my side now. Ernest Ern, Ern, Paul can look good on Rashawn now. I got a million followers now. I got a million followers if I got to sell myself. I cook on my TikTok video. I got 41,000 followers there cooking now. I do it for you. I wear a T-shirt because I always wear suits when I do my TikTok cooking because that's how that's about my lay-mo. But I, I put on the Ernest Paul for you there, brother. I'm going to send you some T-shirts. I'm going to send you a sweatshirt, send you a hoodie. Yeah, oh, that's, that's stuff, beautiful. Man. But again, the bigger picture is Jeff Jenkins. I want to get it to him. So we can rock your okay. stuff on his show, which is on that geo, man. Yes, but I like we 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 twenty six minutes uh, warm. We've just been talking, man, and I just want I don't want to hold you any longer because I the, the you your daughter in spell, but she's in spell, but now so I got you now I got you I got you. I got, when you come down here, I'm, I, I cook all the time here. I can't cook like your grandfather, but I can cook. You gonna come down here? We are gonna cook a meal, and if Erica's in town, we are gonna come down and do it, but brother. I'm just glad we finally got to talk. You know. 
love Erica to death, but I always wanted to sit down and talk to you, man. And where you at in life, man, is a beautiful place. And thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, okay? Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you, Warren. We talk soon, man. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushon McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week I sat down with director, executive producer, and head writer of the hit series First Kill on Netflix, Felicia Henderson. She explains how being open-minded in the writing room can lead to a well-balanced project. You know, I'm a big believer that the writer's room should have the experience that you're depicting on the screen. I also wanted to make sure there wasn't just one queer person in the room right. who everybody was looking at going, and now we turn to you as the queer expert. Right, right, Because, right. you know, it's like like all experiences, there's no such thing as a monolithic experience of right. whatever it is that you are. It was important, you know, for all the experiences that I thought we were going to be depicting. Right, right. If you want to listen to this full interview with Felicia Henderson, it's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com.